Welcome, magical souls, to a world where the extraordinary becomes possible and the ordinary transforms into the magical. I'm Nina, your guide on this journey of self-discovery and empowerment. This is the place where we will talk about all things magical and practical that can help you unlock your inner alchemist. As an energy healer, artist, and someone who's been on my own healing journey, I'm dedicated to understanding the many ways we can shift to transform our lives, and this is what I like to call fierce inner alchemy. Before we get into today's episode, I want to ask you, are you ready to dive deeper into your inner alchemist? Do you ever feel like you're coming up against a wall and you just don't know how to get through it? Well, I have an amazing new meditation that's designed to help you unlock those limiting beliefs and remove those barriers so that you can open the door to a life filled with possibilities. This powerful meditation will lead you through the layers of your consciousness helping you identify and release those pesky beliefs that may have been limiting your growth and happiness. And you can access this meditation for free on my website, fierceinneralchemy.com slash meditation. It's also linked in the note. Now, if you're ready to go even deeper and take your journey of transformation to the next level, you can work with me. I can help guide you on your journey to unlock the innate healing ability within you. And that's the ability that's within all of us. So together we can use energy healing to release imbalances, eradicate limiting belief systems, and let go of stuck energy that may be keeping you in place. When you work with me, we'll tap into the powerful energy fields within you and around you, harnessing them to heal you because it's all available to you. Imagine breaking free from the constraints of the past, your past traumas, and really embrace a future where you are the master of your destiny. That future can start today. So if it's time to take your journey to the next step and you're interested in working with me, please reach out. You can learn more at fierceinneralchemy.com. In today's episode, I'm so excited to welcome Rachel Jobson. Rachel is a human design alchemist and transformational life coach who works with women to help them unapologetically and confidently step out of the shadows as their authentic selves so that they can create a life of freedom and abundance on their terms. Now, she works with human design and human design is the science of the aura, the bridge between the woo and the logic. It shows us how we are designed so that we can embrace and love ourselves exactly as we are. So. Rachel came from years of hiding in the shadows, and now she's super passionate about helping women step out and shine their light. So let's dive into this episode. Hey, Rachel. I'm so happy to have you here. Hi, I'm really excited to be here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, so my name's Rachel, obviously, um, and I mainly work around helping people in business. Um, I use human design as um, an awareness and empowerment tool. So I use it to help women see where they're using their energy. And it really helps when you integrate human design into business because um, we kind of get to build more aligned, exciting, sustainable businesses and then show up and be magnetic. So it just kind of makes the whole business process a lot more fun, a lot more energetic and a lot more aligned. So it kind of separates from the hustle and the pushing and kind of following all the rules that the world says we should be doing online um, and tunes us into like what really works for us. Oh, that sounds so cool. So how did you find human design? Um, human design has been in my world for a little while now. Um, when I first come across human design, 
I had done what most people do and I Googled the hell out of it. Um, I looked for all the things. I sort of like, it, it blew my mind. I was like, oh my God, yeah, that's really me. And yeah, that's really me. And I looked at all the things. And then that was sort of it really to start with. Um, and then about six months later, um, human design kind of come up again. And I was like, oh yeah, I remember that. That looked really cool. Um, but I went back into it a lot different. So I went back into it and I kind of worked with it rather than just using it as knowledge. So something to look at and sort of nod my head to. Um, and the embodiment of, of going through the process of really integrating human design into my life and into my business was really sort of where the transformation come about. Um, so that's sort of been going on for the last couple of years, really. Um, and the more I embodied it and the more I saw how much it was changing my life um, and my business and everything else, I was like, I really, really need to talk to other people about this. This is amazing. So that's kind of how I sort of done the journey first. And then and then I was like, yes, 100 percent more people need to know about this. So then I, I brought it into my work as well. Awesome. I know I discovered it a few years ago, but the same, I just kind of like looked at it as like information. But then when I started understanding, yeah. oh, this is actually how I work, like energetically, right? And it, for the listeners, we were kind of chatting before we started recording. So um, could you tell us a little bit about how human design works with like our energies? Like I'm a manifesting generator. Um, what are you? I'm a manifesting generator as well. <laughs> So um, I love finding other MGs. <laughs> Me too. Um, so yeah, human design is essentially a combination of astrology, the I Ching, the chakra system, Kabbalah and quantum physics. So it kind of combines a whole lot of stuff into one system um, that essentially is your energetic blueprint. So it's there's so much in there. Um that it really can sort of like pick out exactly how you're designed to use your energy, right? Um, for me, I always tend to refer to it as a permission slip. It's sort of like those inner pieces of you that you kind of know, but you're not really sure are right or things that you've been told in your life, or, you know, you shouldn't be like that and you shouldn't, it should be like this. It's kind of that permission slip to say, actually, it's okay. This is, this is who you're designed to be. This is how you're supposed to use your energy. This is actually right for you. And it kind of gives you that extra layer of awareness and confidence to sort of be authentically yourself um, with this sort of backup to say, this is right for you, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I know as a MG, when I, I, I remember reading like, it's okay to have multiple passions. I was like, oh, thank God. Because I feel like people are always like, find one thing, stick to one thing. And I was like, but I like so many things. <laughs> and it changes, right? Like some days I want to do that. Some days I want to do that. And it really does when you find, when you kind of get that explanation of, oh, okay, I did know that about myself. Like you said, now this helps me integrate it more into life and like go with the flow rather than resisting, right? Yeah, exactly. So obviously, as a fellow MG, I was very much the same, like, especially when you are in the space of being like a entrepreneur, um, especially working online and stuff like that, like it is very focus on one offer, get this one thing out and just do it on repeat. And I was like, I can't think of anything more boring. Like for me, that just didn't, it just wasn't fulfilling at all. But I, I kind of 
was in that box of well if I offer lots of things then it looks messy and you it's kind of like very stereotyped that you can't you can't have your fingers in lots of pies and do them all well. But actually, as an MG, as long as you have, as long as you've tuned into your response from your sacral and your sacral is lit up and going, hell yeah, this is what I want to do, then we have the energy and the capacity to be multi-passionate and multifaceted. Awesome. So what about some of the other types? Um, for those that are kind of new to human design, can you like walk us through like just like a little bit of info about the other types? Cause we've talked about Manny Jens a little bit, cause that's us. <laughs> yeah, of course. So um, it actually works really well. If I, I'm going to sort of, I'm a bit of an analogy queen. So I'm going to put it in um, like a movie scenario because sometimes when people were first going into human design, it's very easy to think, oh, I wish I was that type or I wish I had that piece. But actually, it's all perfect. It is exactly as it's supposed to be. And everybody kind of has their own geniuses and their own like really awesome parts, if you like. So if you was to put all of all of like one of each type or like a combination of everybody of all the types into creating a movie, you would have the manifesto. The manifesto is the only type that's here to go first. So they're here to really initiate. They have like this big, bold energy. So the manifesto would be the person that comes up with the idea. Like I've had this idea for this film and I want to create this movie. And it's, and like, here is my vision. They've kind of, they've come in and they've had this big vision, this big surge of energy. And they've gone, oh my God, like, here's my vision. And they've shared it with everybody. Um, and then the generators and the manifesting generators come in and we use our response piece. So we're here to respond. So we kind of listen to the manifestor's idea and our sacral ever goes, mm, no, that's not for me. Or hell yeah, that's amazing, I'm in. And when our sacrals are on board, so the, the generators and the manifesting generators then generate that energy. They really get on board and they go in and they're like the lights, camera, action. Okay, so they're sort of like in there doing the things, they, they're generating all the energy. You've then got the projector types and the projectors are like have a really deep energy. Projectors can see, they have a lot of guidance. They have a lot of inner wisdom. And in this scenario, they're the, um, they're the director. They're the ones kind of sitting there saying, okay, I see what you're doing and that's great, but here's how we can do it better. Here's how we can use our energy better. Here's how we can, make this scene look better and stuff like that so they're kind of like the guides um and then the reflectors so if you're if you're a reflector you're actually like the most unique type there's only one percent of reflectors in the world um and they are like they're completely open chart their, their chart is completely open so they're they really get to kind of feel into the environment, feel into people. They kind of, it's all about how things feel to them. So in this scenario, they're the film critic. They come into that scenario and they really feel they either like it or they don't. Does that kind of give a bit of an overview? I was trying to keep yeah. it short. I love that. I wish I wish I had met you years ago because of reading, you know, like when you first when you first start reading about human design, it can be very overwhelming because there's just so much information. There's gates, there's the, the numbers, your 
frustration. I'm just kind of rattling off the things that I kind of know, like your emotional authority, all of that. And it's interesting. Like I know other MGs and I know actually a lot of projectors, but they're all so different because they have different, like when I look at their mm -hmm. charts, I'm like, Oh, you're, you're a one, you're a five, one and you're a two, four. Okay. This makes sense. Like, or three, one, you know, whatever yeah. it is. And it's just, it's so cool how it is like a blueprint kind of a little bit to the way things work. I just love it. Yeah. So, you know, initially you kind of have your type, which is, you know, there's five different types, but it's not, it's not in the sense of like, well, I'm going to put you in this box. You're an MG. So you're the same as all the other MGs because there's so many different nuances, like you say, in, in each chart. So there's obviously the gates, the arrows, the planets, you've got different, centers like there's so much into it you can go really really deep into all of the different things and that kind of makes every mg slightly different and every projector different to other projectors and stuff like that so there is a lot of layers um i suppose the one the biggest piece of advice that i would give to anybody starting on a human design journey is to always start with type to always um it's very, very easy to go into human design and go down the rabbit hole to go, oh, my God, this is amazing. And try to find out everything about your chart. And, you know, information is great, but it doesn't really it doesn't create a transformation. It doesn't really change anything. When you start embodying it, you always like your type, your strategy, your authority. Those are your foundational pieces. They're the bits that you will always come back to because that's how you're here to navigate the world around you. It's how you gain clarity. It's how you make decisions. It's kind of how you use your energy. So it's the science of the aura in those foundational pieces. So even when you're, you know, really in advanced human design and you're looking at your planets and your gates and stuff like that, if there's something that feels a bit off, you always come back to your strategy and your authority. So really embodying that before anything else is is probably my biggest piece of advice because that's going to be the biggest transformation. Awesome. So could you talk to us a little bit about the strategy since we've talked about the types? Yeah. So each type has its own strategy. Um, the manifestors are here to initiate. So their strategy is to initiate and inform. So a manifesto, like I said in the example I gave earlier, kind of has this big surge of energy. Manifestors' energy is designed to ebb and flow, so they don't have consistent access to kind of always be on the go. But when they do have that surge, it's they're here to go first. They're here to kind of go, oh, my God, I've had this idea or I've had this vision. And it's then to inform people of, of what that is um, and then people kind of choose whether or not they're getting on board or whether they're not like whether they're in or out. So, and it's kind of, you, you know, a really important piece about manifestors is you're not informing to get permission. You're not informing for somebody to say, yes, that's okay. You're just letting everybody know what it is that you're doing next because you have this big, bold kind of party starting energy. Um, with generators and manifesting generators, there are obviously differences between the two, but we come under the same generator aura, which means we have the same um, strategy, which is to respond. So that response comes from our sacral. We're here to respond to anything and everything. We are, our strategy is to respond to things. So a bit like this scenario now, you're talking to me and then I'm responding with 
what's coming through for me next and it's sort of like it's like it's like that with everything that you do so it's like being in conversation with the world around you you might be scrolling through facebook you might see a post that someone's put up and you might get this kind of sacral hit that goes i really want to talk about that or you might be having a conversation with a client or talking to somebody and you might get that sacral response that's like yes you know so it's all about following those sacral nudges and having that response um as sacral beings when we say yes to things that our sacral has said no to that's when we tend to burn out because we don't have the energy to fulfill the thing we've said yes to so it's really about tuning into what makes you sort of go yes that's the thing um and that comes into like every aspect of life to be honest like you can you can practice it when you're picking what you want for dinner where you want to go for the day what you want to do and then obviously when you bring it into business it's like what you're offering where you're showing up what you're doing like all of the things it's it's really about that sacral yes or no um then obviously we've got the projectors the projectors strategy is here to um wait for an invitation um sometimes i find that this can be a little bit misconstrued so a lot of projectors kind of come to me and they're like, it's so hard sitting around. I've got all these ideas and I'm just like sitting around waiting for somebody to invite me. It's not, it's not like that at all. You are, you have like this, like I said, this really deep energy, this kind of deep wisdom. So you can have a conversation with someone and you can see really deep into kind of maybe the things that they're not saying, or you can see how they could do something better. The invitation piece kind of comes when you're sharing the deeper stuff. So it's just, it's really to, the invitation is really to make you feel more satisfied with the response. So as a projector, you might give advice or wisdom or guidance that's not necessarily wanted or accepted. And then that person's not going to take it on board or they're not going to necessarily going to like what you've had to say. So when you bring that into business, it's not so much about sitting around and waiting for this big invitation to sort of land on your lap, you know, put yourself out there, but share golden nuggets, share little pieces. So people go, Oh, can you tell me more? Um, and an invitation doesn't always need to look really big either. Sometimes it can look like somebody joining your Facebook community group or somebody sending you a message, somebody liking or loving or commenting on your post, like all of those are little invitations to say, I like what you've got to say. I want to hear more. So it's just sort of about that invitation of people inviting you to to kind of share that deepness that you have. As a reflector, um, like I said earlier, reflectors are really here to kind of feel into everything. They have completely open charts. They don't have any sort of um, they don't have any defined centers. And what that means is they can they really they're really here to feel into everything. They sort of feel into the energy of their surroundings, the people that they're around, the things that they're doing and how things feel is really important for them. So they're also very lunar beings. Reflectors are kind of really influenced by the moon. So the strategy for a reflector is to wait a full moon cycle. So obviously not for things like what they want for dinner, but for things like, you know, big decisions that they're going to make whether that be in their business or their life, it's sort of like, okay, so I've had this idea, this feels really good right now, but it's then sort of like going through those 28 days as the moon goes through its cycle, it's going to activate different things within you, different gates within you. And you're going to really get to feel 
into all of the different energies as the moon goes through a cycle. So by the end of those 28 days, you're going to be like, okay, I've, I've kind of felt all of the energy within this idea now, and now I'm really not feeling it or I really am. So it kind of, it's really about waiting and, and feeling into things a lot more if you're a reflector. I hope that wow, makes, that's, makes sense. Yeah, that makes so much sense. That's so interesting about reflectors. I did not know that actually, because I'll be, you know, I don't know any, so I never look into anything about them. So if you've, with the reflectors, you know, is that something they naturally do or are they fighting that waiting the cycle? reflectors tend to if it's not if it's if human design isn't something that they've they've kind of embodied or stepped into or really know about a lot of reflectors that I've worked with tend to burn out a lot easier because they push themselves to be like everybody else like a lot of the types do to be fair but they don't give themselves that weight and the biggest thing that I notice when I'm working with reflectors is they'll get that urge of like oh that's a good idea or they'll spend time with somebody and they kind of because they can really feel into their energy they're like oh my god I've got all this energy I'm gonna go and do this and then maybe a few days later they're like "Mm, I'm not feeling it anymore but now I've already committed so it's kind of like they get to try that energy on so when they you know just knowing that you're a reflector and knowing that you have to wait really kind of brings that deep level of clarity because they're not they don't just jump in it's like reminding hang on a minute this feels great right now I'm just going to wait and see how it feels. And that wait in peace brings so much clarity. And if you get to the end of those 28 days and you're like 100% I'm in, then you know that a reflector is going to go somewhere because they are all in um, because it's something that, that they've really felt into. So it's very much more potent energy once they've waited. Wow, that's so fascinating. So then for reflectors, is it very, very important, the people that they surround themselves with? Yes. So um, a reflector basically is in, it's in the word. So they're a mirror. They reflect out the energy that they are surrounding themselves with. So kind of like for both sides. So if you're spending time with a reflector and you don't really like the energy that you're getting from them, nine times out of 10, they're reflecting the energy that they're getting from you. So it's a reflection (laughs) of something that you're giving off. So reflectors can be a little bit triggering without meaning to be. Um, but on the, the other side, like as a reflector, it's really important with, you know, their environments, the people that they're around. So, um, doing things like cleansing your energy so that you're not holding on to anything that you've taken on from anybody or anyone, like anywhere you've been is really important. So like a lot of grounding, sort of all of that kind of cleansing energy stuff is really important for reflectors. I mean, it's important for everybody, right? But reflectors tend to take on a lot more than everybody else. But it is really important as a reflector to kind of be like, to really be aware of how you feel in certain environments, how you feel around certain people. And that comes into the online space as well. Like if you're, if you've got a whole Facebook full of people that don't really have the right energy for you, or you're in some like groups or stuff like that that don't make you feel very good, like it's really important to be aware of that and to kind of get out of that space and put yourself in places that feel really good. Wow, that makes so much sense. I mean, obviously I'm not a reflector, but I know that even social media can affect me, right, and my energy. So I just imagine it being mm-hmm. 
that much turned up for a reflector, which is, wow, what a powerful piece of information that you get if you go into human design and realize you're a reflector. <laughs> yeah, it, obviously, there's a lot of wisdom in the undefined centers as well. So even though it's our undefined centers that we can feel other energies in um, and we can we can take on other people's energies, there's also a lot of wisdom in them because we can really feel other people. So, for example, if you've got an undefined solar plexus, you're a true empath. And that can be really heavy sometimes because you're feeling what other people are feeling. But on the flip side of that, you have so much wisdom because you can feel into what people aren't saying. You have that real deep connection with people because you can feel them. But when you bring human design into it and you go, oh, okay, now I know that that's what's happening in my energy. You kind of have that awareness of what's yours and what isn't and whether or not you choose to hold on to it or not. Uh, okay. Yeah. I was going to ask you that because I know like many people I know and they're not reflectors, but some of us are more susceptible to taking on things from others, me included. Right. And I do have mm -hmm. quite, a, I think I have four open centers. I don't remember which ones exactly, but they're, some of them are down the middle. Um, but that can make us, I was going to ask you, that can make us more prone to kind of like empath where we, we take it on and it's just an awareness of realizing when we're doing it. Right. Um, yeah. Anything else that you could add, like in terms of those centers and if they're open, what that might mean? So if you've got an undefined center, it the difference between a defined center and an undefined center is if you imagine each center like a glass, if they're colored in on your chart, which means they're defined, it means that the glass is full. So it means that those are the centers that you carry your own energy in um, and you have access, you have like consistent access to your own unique energy within that center so for example me and you are being mgs we have defined sacral center which means that we have consistent access to that to the energy that we carry in there with an undefined center it means that the glass is empty it means that as the planets move as the like gates are activated within that center we really feel that energy in those spaces from outside of us it also means that we obviously feel that energy from other people. Um, uh, and it's we're more susceptible to conditioning in those areas. But it's actually like when you get deep into it and you look at what each centre is about, you can really see what conditioning you might be holding in that centre. And it's quite nice to actually be able to see. So rather than it being disempowering, you can kind of go, oh, OK, so I have this undefined centre, which means that I'm prone to or could have conditioning around these things and then you really kind of know what to work on and what to move through um and like i said it brings awareness to like when you are spending time with someone you you can you can really feel into like there's wisdom on the other side of the of the open centers because you can really feel into what other people are holding in those centers so for example i've got an undefined g center which if you're looking at a chart is the one that looks like a diamond that's right in the middle. That center is all about your sense of self. It's all about self-love. It's all about like your sense of direction and your sense of who you are. Knowing that it's undefined means that I, I don't have consistent access to the energy of who I am and my direction. So the fact that that, that changes is actually okay. So that was like the biggest permission slip for me. It was like, Oh, I'm meant to try different things on. I'm meant to experience different versions of me throughout my life. And that's normal and that's okay. Um, 
It also means that when I'm spending time with somebody who has a defined G-center, I can really feel into their energy that they're holding in that center and can say to, you know, and can pick out when I'm working with people where they're not loving themselves enough, where they're not showing up authentically, where they're not really kind of tuned in to who they are and having that kind of trust in themselves and authenticity to show up in their truth. So I can kind of really feel deeply into somebody else's energy in that way because I have it undefined. So there's kind of both sides to each to each um, each center. That makes so much sense. I also have an undefined G center and my husband, who's also an MG, his G center is defined. And I like to say I'm really like good at reflecting back to him, like, but then I can't do it for myself. Right. And it's like, uh, and it's just funny because what you just said about not being in the same, it's okay to have multiple lives. Like I had a period in my life where quite sizable, I was just in the same thing. And now that you just said that it just clicked like, oh, I needed to be kind of evolving and expanding. And now that I've started to do that the last few years, things have really taken off. So it's interesting that insight that you just gave me and I'm sure it'll click for someone else too. Um, that's just yeah, really, it's really fascinating. It's really about not kind of putting yourself in a box and not being like, well, this is who I am. <laughs> it's sort of like, actually, I get to try it on. I get to kind of see what it feels like. I get to go over here and I kind of get to try this energy on and see how it feels. And you can also be a bit of a chameleon. So with an undefined G, something to kind of be aware of is that you might spend time in a certain environment or with certain people and you might take that energy on and think, yeah, like, I don't know, you could be spending time with people who have all got brightly coloured hair, for example, and you might come away and you might think, oh my God, I really want to dye my hair. This is going to be amazing. But actually kind of like give it a couple of days and that's that's probably gone because it wasn't your your energy. So it's little things like that. It can come down to like the clothes that you want to wear, the things that you want to do, but it's it's kind of that acceptance that actually that can change and that can look different as I evolve and as I go through life. Like I don't have to be one fixed person. I can I can have parts of me, but I can look like this or I can act like that or I can kind of be over here and do things over here, you know? Yeah, that just makes me think of I wonder if I'm like connecting more dots here, but like with an undefined G center, then, you know, kind of being a chameleon, it's one of those, those people types where you can go into any social group and just kind of like, I've always been able to do that. Just kind of yeah. like, you know, I remember in high school, just, I was part of all these, you know, flitting from different group to group, right? No big deal when most people were stuck to a click. And it's kind of like that as I grew older too, like you just have these friends over here that do this, but then this other group over here. And that's interesting because I just connected that. Like it is easy to kind of just, I don't want to say assimilate, but like just kind of feel like I belong to all these different groups, but not really. Yeah, because it's it's kind of you like know. different parts of you and you get to you get mm. to kind of try on the energy. So you can go into one sort of group of people and be like, and really kind of take that on and be like, how do I feel in this space? Do I feel like I can be myself in this space? Does it feel I'm trying on all of this energy? Does it feel good? And then you can kind of choose to either drop it and be like, no, that's not for me. Or yeah, it's for me for a little while, but it's actually okay to let it go when you need to let it go. Um, and I think, like I said, that was the biggest permission slip for me because I was like, oh my God, I don't need to stick to this like everything always has to look the same. It can it can change and it can evolve. And it's actually okay that you might 
be or feel slightly different when you are around different people or putting yourself in different situations. Yeah, that makes total sense. So before we go to authority, I had I heard you say one thing I wanted to ask you about. So you mentioned when gates are activated. So gates are mm -hmm. the numbers like in our centers, right? But what activates a gate? So as the planets move through their cycles and all of the things, they will kind of activate the gates. So you can track the transits, um, but basically there'll be different planets that go into different gates with a reflector it's moon based so it's about the moon activate it kind of the as the moon goes through a cycle the moon will activate all the gates as it goes through um it's kind of mainly looking at the sun so when the sun activates the gates you'll feel slightly different energies there's certain there's certain gates that are activated at different times and you might if you have that gate in your chart you might feel more of that energy or that energy surge at a certain time um and that that's what i kind of that's what i meant by that um oh that's cool but you will have you will have the energy of all the gates that you have in your chart anyway so obviously if you're looking at your graph you will notice that there's like 64 numbers the ones that are sort of highlighted are the ones that you have activated in your design um, but they do kind of all get activated throughout the year when the sun activates them. So you might feel you'll be able to feel into the energies of them at different times. But you have the energy of the gates that you have all of the time. I hope that makes oh, sense. Oh, cool. So it's just kind of like, yeah, it's like with astrology, when we go through like a, tr a transit or something, something might be heightened. Yeah. It's similar with the gates. Okay. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> so authority like I know I know some of them right but could you tell us a little bit about authorities and how that works okay yeah so this is sort of like the next level to your type so when you look at your type every type comes with a strategy it's then kind of so you might have a whole group of MGs and they might have different authorities the authority is kind of like the next layer if you like and that tells you that kind of gives you guidance on how you are designed to gain clarity. So it's all about decision making. So um, when you're looking at your authority, it's kind of the center within your chart that you that helps you make decisions. It's the way that you're guided. It's how to tune out of your head and into your body to really discern what's what's the right kind of direction for you, if you like. Awesome. So I know I have a sacral authority. I think my husband has okay. emotional. If that, I don't know if that's it's probably right. So, so I know that we kind of make this like. So with a sacral authority, um, it basically just means that there's nothing else that you need to tune into other than your sacral response. So as a generator or a manifesting generator, you obviously your strategy is to respond with your sacral. So you're listening to that yes no response from your sacral. With your authority also being your sacral, you don't have kind of anything else to tap into. It is literally acting on that sacral response, um, which is quite nice because it's in the moment. So your authority is like, you'll know straight away. You will, I don't know, say you're talking to somebody or you're reading a sales page or you're deciding whether or not you want to sign up with someone. I'm just going to use that as an example. When you're looking through the thing, you will know your, your sacral will kind of be like, yep, or it'll be a no. 
and you'll just know instantly. And that's the response that you want to listen to. So if that is your authority, it's basically just you need to follow your strategy um, because that is your decision making piece. When you have the emotional authority layered on top of um, a sacral response, so like your husband is an emotional manifesting generator, so am I. Um, it means that there's like an extra layer. So my sacral, my sacral will respond with a yes, for example. But then I have to, the emotional piece means that I have to wait 24 hours and then check in again to see if the response is still the same. So the emotional piece just means that we have a defined solar plexus. So if you can get us really excited about something, it's going to kind of trick our sacral into being like, hell yeah. And then, or it can go the other way as well. And we can feel like it's a no because our emotions aren't quite in check. So because we've got a defined solar plexus, we will have waves of emotion in our, in that center. It's just energy that's moving. So as we'll get like a surge of energy moving that center, our emotions might be heightened either up or down. When we make decisions in that, in that space, they're not necessarily the right decisions. So with an emotional authority, it's really about if you're a generator or a manifesting generator, it's really about tuning into, okay, so I've had my sacral response, my sacral has said yes, but then it's waiting 24 hours and checking in again and going, is that still the same response? If it's still a yes, go for it. But it's, sometimes it's then a no. And the same works the other way around. Um, and that bit's really, really helped guide me because the amount of times I used to get really excited about something like, you know what it's like being an MG, right? You can be, you can be scrolling Instagram, you can be looking at TikTok or you can ha be having a conversation with somebody and you can just be like, oh, yes, I need the thing. I'm going to do the thing. This is really exciting. It's really amazing. And then you might sign up or jump in or post an offer or create something. And then the next day you're like, oh, I'm not really, I'm not really sure if I'm feeling that anymore. <laughs> Once the emotions have settled. So it's actually quite nice to then go, I need, I need to just sit with this. Um, because you know, then that when it is a yes, it's definitely a yes. Um, projectors can also have an emotional, other types can also have an emotional authority. And they obviously don't have the sacral response. So with the other types, the emotional authority is really about following your strategy first and then backing that up with wait in 24 hours. So your emotional authority is kind of like wait for the emotions to settle, wait until you're at like a neutral emotional ground. So you're not angry, you're not really excited, you're not like, you're not kind of up or down, you're just, you're really neutral. And then how do you feel about it? So with an emotional authority, it's really about tuning into how something feels. That's awesome. And it, <laughs> it makes so much sense because the thing about, I know I have to give my husband time on things, whereas like I know right away or yep. I know, no right away. Like I just like, it's, but I understand, I've learned in the long time that we've been together that I can't, he will not make decisions in the, the speed that I do. <laughs> I just, I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm totally in. Like, like you said, I'll just know. Funnily enough, my, me and my husband are very similar. So my husband is a projector, but he's got a splenic authority. So a splenic authority works very similar to the sacral with that kind of straight away instinct. The difference is a sacral will keep coming. It will keep giving you that yes, no, yes, no. As the splenic center is more orientated around that animal instinct. 
So it's that it's what we've kind of called for years, just that that gut instinct. Like, I don't know why I did the thing. I just had mm-hmm. this real gut instinct that that was the thing I should do. Um, so with a splenic authority, it's really about tuning into like listening to that. Like if something's giving you that nudge, you need to go over here. You need to do this. Don't go in there. Like whatever it is, it's kind of that animal instinct, that intuition that's kind of tapping you on the shoulder to say, this is the decision for you. Um, and again, that works directly, like right in the minute. It's just a little bit quieter than the sacral response. So it's really about tuning in and listening to to that like gut instinct, that intuition and trusting it. Um, but we work very similar because he's kind of like, I feel like we need to do this. And I'm like, whoa, I need to sleep on it. <laughs> oh, slow down a minute. I don't really know. Like he gets an idea and he's like all in um like we just this is not even business related and it's probably a really random example but he decided that we was getting fish it was a brilliant idea we need to do it I'm gonna go and get fish today and I'm like why are we getting fish we just I need to think about it you can't just hang on a minute like and I'm like I really need to sit and think about this process like where did this come from what's happening and he's like I don't know I just think it's a really good idea we need to do this by the end of the day he'd gone full hog he'd got all the things we'd done all the water we'd moved the room around all of the stuff and I'm sitting there like I really really needed to wait until tomorrow <laughs> to figure out how I feel about this. <laughs> so I'm definitely the one that, that needs, I need some time. I've got, a, I've got a feel into it. Whereas obviously that sacral and that splenic authority is more like in the moment, this is what we're doing. So, so yeah. For the splenic, the splenic, is that part of the kind of like the projectors wisdom or knowing that I, that they have that you were talking about how they just like, they kind of can see things in others, right? Is that part of that? Yeah, it can be. Um, so it's really about that kind of, if you've got a defined spleen, no matter what type you are, you have like, um, it's a really intuitive center. So it is, it's like you have a fixed way of how you are intuitive. So it's kind of like, if you look at it in a clear senses kind of way, you will have a fixed way that works for you every single time and you have consistent access to that. So you can tune into that anytime. Whereas if you have an undefined spleen center, you it's more, sometimes you can, sometimes you can't, but, um, and you kind of don't have access to it consistently. And sometimes it might look different. So sometimes you might experience it in like you might see something and then the next time you might hear something and then the next time you might feel something so it might shift and change whereas a defined center it's kind of really gonna it's gonna be the same the majority of the time because it's your energy um but obviously on again on the flip side of that undefined center you can really feel into other people's other people in that way too so you can really feel into other people's fears and all of that kind of stuff because it's our animal instinct. So it's like that anxiety center. It holds all of our fears and all of that kind of energy inside the spleen. Oh, wow. I did not know that. And I looked, I have a closed looks like. So I did, I can never remember which one is which. <laughs> I always have to look at the chart. <laughs> one day I'll get it. So um, just, I want to talk a bit more about what you do and how you work with clients. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that and how, how, what kind of shifts have you seen with people when they actually start tapping into their human design? What I do is I work with women in business. 
Um, we work on a lot of things and then we bring the human design in. It's kind of like an extra layer. So we work on getting really clear about what you do, how to how to share it, how to like all of those kind of businessy pieces. So we really talk about, you know, it's all about getting really clear on what you do, how to market it, your messaging, who you're talking to, like your soulmate clients and stuff like that. So there's a lot of, you know, how you want to work, what you want to be offering, what you want to do. So there's all of that kind of connection stuff as well. And then we sort of layer in human design with all of that so while we're working through the journey of really kind of figuring out what it is that we're here to do and we how to express ourselves online how to show up authentically it kind of we layer in the human design so rather than sort of working with a projector and not knowing they're a projector and being like right you need to show up consistently every day the projector's going to burn out and be like damn I can't do that so it's really about using it to say, okay, so you're a projector. So if we layer that into these things that you would like to do, look how we can make it so that you don't get burnout, you don't get overwhelmed and it works like for your energy. Um, so yeah, we just kind of layer those pieces in. Obviously we start at the beginning with your type and your strategy. We use a lot of, I use a lot of the, um, like the type and the authority pieces and stuff at the beginning to really kind of look at what's already going on, what feels good and what doesn't to kind of clear out the space and really focus on what it is that people actually want to do. Because sometimes you end up offering services because it's what people want and it's not actually what you want to be offering. So it's kind of really bringing mm. in the alignment. Um, and then we kind of go into looking at like defined and undefined centers because your defined centers is where you have consistent access to your energy. So you know that you can tune into those centers all of the time. So they're the kind of, that's the energy that we, we bring into our marketing. We use the, you know, there's no point in me saying to someone, oh my God, why don't you do like, why don't you show up live every day for 10 days? For example, if they've got an undefined throat center, that's not going to work for them. So we kind of look at the marketing and we bring into like, how you're going to show up and you infuse it with your messaging as well so people with undefined centers are always attracted to people with defined centers so when you market from your defined centers you're really talking to the people that are needing what you're offering so there's kind of lots of layers in in that um, and we work on obviously using your undefined centers and the wisdom in those to really kind of go to that next level with our clients to really kind of, you know, if you've got an undefined, like we was talking about the undefined G-Center, for example, you can really feel into those parts of who you're working with. So it's really about how to use those to take the journey to the next level and go a little bit deeper. Um, we look at things like profile because the profile really talks about your, your kind of your personality and you really want to get your personality out online. Um, and it kind of shows you like, oh, this bit of me is the bit that's most magnetic. And this bit of me is the bit that I'm here to share and and stuff like that. Um, and then on some of like my longer with my longer term clients, when we get really kind of deep into like the advanced human design, we start looking at the planetary placements because the planetary placements is where you can really go deep into what energy you're holding. So there's like in your planetary placements you'll find things around your life's work your life's message so you can get really clear on 
what you're here to share um the work that you're here to do in this lifetime there's like there's so much stuff in there there's stuff in your planets around like your expansion how to tune into your wealth codes how to activate your um like all of that deeper stuff so it, it kind of it's a journey of layers but i'm you can see how the alignment just means that people get to show up they know exactly how to use their energy which means that they're not hustling and pushing and becoming overwhelmed and frustrated and burning out all over the place because they're using their energy in a really potent way that works for them it's also really magnetic so the the work that they are doing really kind of magnetizes the people that they're then speaking to so it becomes a lot more effortless and a lot more easy um so yeah it kind of just expands everything but in a less hustly pushing working hard way and in a more effortless feminine energy flow this is the energy that i've got and i'm going to use it to my advantage kind of way wow i love that because what i just heard you say in all of that is like it gets to be easy it gets to feel mm -hmm. easy right we don't have to push 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 because i think when we get on social as entrepreneurs, it can feel very much like a race where we are just trying to got to post every day, got to do this. But when you actually align to what your, your design, literally, right, then things start to open and happen organically and not necessarily because you were on there posting every day at 8.59am or whatever, right? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I look back to years ago when I was like, striving to create a successful network marketing business and I was looking for like that's where my journey began I was looking for somebody to say to me this is what you need to do to be successful because I felt like I was pushing every button and trying every strategy in the world and it just wasn't working um and I I kind of like my big goal was to be able to be home with my children and to have that freedom and to be present and also to run a business online alongside. And what I was actually doing was always on my phone, constantly on calls or on trainings or showing up online and doing all this stuff because I needed to be in all the places at all the times and working hard and hustling because that was the answer. And I kind of convinced myself that if I just carried on pushing myself into the ground and giving it all of my time and my energy, then eventually it it would click. But actually, when I started going on the journey of, of making it successful, when I actually stopped doing half of that stuff, I'd just done the bits that lit me up and my sacral was like, hell yeah, I love doing that. I'm going to do that. Oh my God, yeah, I love doing that. I'm going to do that. And I started really having fun with it and playing with it and showing up as myself, not doing all the things that I should do, but actually sharing my message rather than the company's message and sharing what I loved and all of those things. And I really tuned into my energy and the bits that I wanted to do. My business skyrocketed. And I was like, Oh my God, I've spent all this time making it so hard. And it really doesn't have to be that hard, but I see it online so often. Like people are working so hard and, and I get it because we all want our, big goals and we all have these big dreams and we're really conditioned as a as a population as a society to push and you've just got to work hard like the harder you work the more you'll get and you've got to show up every day and you've got to be consistent and on the days you really don't feel like it you've got to get up and you've got to go and it's like 
oh my god no please don't do that <laughs> there is there is a much better way exactly um, and you get to show up and really enjoy it as well like I think about the amount of things that I'd done and I was just doing it because it was one of the things on my list that I was meant to be doing and now I get to show up and I'm like oh I get to do this today and oh I get to do that today and it gets to just be really fun and exciting um and you kind of actually get to be the boss of your own business which is what you want in the first place anyway yeah and what I just felt from you was like it gets to feel good too not like a chore you get to enjoy it which yep. you know that's which what we're all trying important. to do right get and to that's a place the biggest, exactly that's, yeah and that's the biggest thing to make you feel to make you magnetic um you know the more we kind of push in this place of oh I've got to do the thing and I've got to do the thing it's it's not a magnetic energy and everything's energy right so when you're putting posts out there like please come and work with me please come and work with me thinking I've got to hit a sale at some point you're so drained you don't actually have the space to be able to take on people to work with you because you're drained and tired already where so actually when someone says oh yeah I'd really like a session or whatever it is that you're offering you're like oh my god when am I going to fit that in I'm so tired whereas like it, it gets to be really good and it gets to feel really exciting because at the end of the day, we're all here to make an impact. We're all here to do what we're here to do and we're all here to create that impact in the world and share our magic with the world. And the best way to be able to do that is to feel flipping good doing it. Mm, that's so beautiful. I love that so much. Um, so now we had talked a while ago, I think, before the podcast actually launched, you have a community on Facebook, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Could you tell us a little bit that about that if people want to join and find ways to connect? Yeah. So it's quite new. Um, I had a bit of a had a bit of a rebirth um, in my world recently, so I closed my old community down. I've opened a new one. Um, it's called Queens Unchained. It's a free Facebook community, and it is just a space where everybody can come in and feel safe to express themselves and connect and just be queens empowering queens I share stuff about human design in there um I share stuff about energy in there and we kind of it's just a it's just a place to come and be yourself really awesome I'm definitely gonna check that out well if they want to if the listeners want to connect with you further how can they find you um add me on facebook i'm on facebook um as rachel jobson i'm on instagram as at queens unchained you can find me on either of those places and then you can just put me a message both of them i believe have got um like my website link in the bio so you can have a bit of a nosy if you want to have a nosy in there um if not just come into my world and drop me a message and say hello yeah. And I'll link everything in the show notes too for you guys. So you can just click and get to Rachel and more of her magic. I'm so happy that you were here today. This was such a magical conversation and so informative. I just love human design. It's been really exciting. I've absolutely loved sharing. <laughs> Could talk human design all day. Yeah. Well, you're welcome back anytime you want to come back and chat human design. <laughs> Thank you very much. Wow. I just love this conversation with Rachel. I love all things human design and to have this chat on the podcast was just so great. So before we go, let's recap some of the takeaways from Rachel. Um, 
I just loved hearing her personal journey with human design. She kind of described how she had an initial curiosity and then that just evolved into a deeper engagement. So she moved on from acquiring knowledge and to actively embodying and integrating human design, right? Which that just led to significant personal and professional transformations for her. Now, we also discussed human design fundamentals. So if you're new to human design, or maybe you're not, um, hopefully everyone kind of gleaned a little bit of knowledge about human design and particularly their design, right? Because the way Rachel gave us that movie making analogy to illustrate how each type contributes distinctively to an endeavor was brilliant. I just love that. Um, So... I hope that this conversation was just as enlightening and I can't wait to have her back to talk more human design, right? Um, and Rachel really drove home that we she views human design as a permission slip, allowing us to embrace our natural tendencies and energy use, right? Once we have an understanding of that, there's a lot of power in that that we can harness and tap into, really getting into alignment. So... We also outlined all the different strategies, right? And how we can understand and embrace these to enhance our personal and professional lives. And I just love the work that she does with women, helping them align and really move forward in their business. So if this episode resonated with you, please share it with your family or friends. Also make sure to subscribe to the podcast and even write a review. It helps others find me. And I would just be so grateful if you did that. Now, if you're feeling inspired to delve deeper into your own journey of fierce inner alchemy, or if you have questions, insights, or stories to share, I'm here and I want to hear from you. You can connect with me on Instagram or on my website, fierceinneralchemy.com, or you can even drop me an email, fierceinneralchemy at gmail.com. Now, In addition, I also offer personalized energy healing sessions, and these can further assist you in unlocking your inner potential and guiding your transformative journey. So these sessions are really tailored to your unique needs and goals, and I provide a supportive space for growth and self-discovery. So reach out if you wanna learn more about that. Now, remember, the extraordinary is within you, and not only is it within you, but you have the power to unlock it. So until next time, this is Nina, your guide, signing off. Stay magical, friends.